0: This is Prosper the Connection. I'm Benjamin Ha.
1: Hey everyone, Tony and Ben here. We're excited to have on Julia left your jaw on the floor with my amazing answers in class all the time, Leffler. And Alex can do everything perfectly to include, you know, getting pregnant, switching jobs during the pandemic, and crushing everything she does, Clark. So again, that's Julia Leffler and Alex Clark on the show today. They are an amazing duo, a dynamic duo if you will, a real Mario and Luigi, uh, they go together like shoes and socks, they're just fun, energetic, and they have a lot in common, so this was a fun episode to talk about, you know, they're both not from Seattle, where they've lived all over the country, what led them to the program, and you know, the jobs and transitions they made during the program, all pretty inspiring, two amazing women. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Julia and Alex. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks. Happy to be here. Same. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Yeah, we're excited. We're very excited. Hopefully, you guys are surviving, I think, week five or is it week six in, in the last quarter right now?
2: It's five, but who's counting?
0: It's confusing because we have like three different classes with different modules. Like we're on module three of ethics, but module six of five of capstone. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And then the electives mess it all up too.
0: And then yeah, the new electives. I I don't know if you are also in big data, but we just got into our second module of big data.
2: Yep.
0: I do want to say that big data elective has genuinely surprised me and how much I've enjoyed it so far. I don't know how you two feel about that.
3: Me too. I took it as a stretch knowing that I wouldn't dive into it If I was doing it as an audit course later and I've really, really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. I I was a little nervous because I haven't really coded anything, uh, but it's all very accessible. I'm I'm really enjoying it and it feels extremely practical.
0: Yeah, it's surprisingly approachable. And I I am biased because I do have a little bit of experience coding in that I took a class before. But yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I really enjoy Tableau. I feel like I want to make maps meme maps
2: (laughs) yeah I um, I really enjoyed tableau I have to say my perfectionist side got the best of me on that assignment to try to match the dashboard because I was like no the color is just barely off I have to find the exact right color on the top
3: (laughs) (laughs) I did too and there's a tool where you can actually grab the color from the assignment which I ended up doing because it was driving me nuts
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's a pro
0: move I did not, find, yeah, yeah, there's I did not my find that
4: tool. My color was way off, and it doesn't help that I'm colorblind. So, oh. You're colorblind? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the even though I'm colorblind, I guess I'm seeing the wrong color in both situations. So I still should be able to match it, but I don't know. Maybe Wait. I can chalk that one up for being like, "Hey, I'm colorblind. You can't take away my fraction of the point." <laughs>
2: you, uh, you could totally contest that yeah, yeah. It.
4: <laughs> is it red green colorblind uh yeah i have trouble with greens and reds
0: so okay actually now that you mentioned i think you did mention this quite a while ago like right when we've started yeah you don't remember i'm, I'm sorry tony <laughs> alex so we've heard the news it sounds like you've got another member of the family coming is that i think you had mentioned September, is that right?
3: Yeah, so we found out in January, total surprise, it was ramping up at a new job, last quarter at school was pretty intense, as we all know, and then I was pregnant on top of it, so so that was a, a really fun few weeks. It's no sure. big deal,
0: right? Like, yeah,
3: right?
0: <laughs> How's everything been? Is, was that too much stress?
3: <laughs> no, it wasn't the stress it was just not feeling great and throwing up all the time so I got really good at going to work taking a nap turning over to school and my team's my team is just so freaking supportive and fantastic that I would vent all the time and they're like I know and it's a it's mainly a bunch of dudes on my team, and like Zach Bode and Ryan Smith and and Ricky and Anton, and they were like the best little cheerleading squad. <laughs> you can do it, so it wasn't too bad. I'm just glad that part is behind me. Now I feel much better.
0: That's fantastic. I think it sounds like at least you'll be out of school by September. So <laughs> another thing off your plate.
3: Yeah, and. This quarter, with everything being so busy, I'm like, oh, I went through it last quarter, and it was worse, so now I can do anything.
0: (laughs) There are only five weeks left, so even if you can't do it, it's it's going (laughs) to end.
3: you got (laughs) to coast. Alex, you're just a superhero. That's all it comes down to. I don't know about that. I just, I like being busy, so... The busier, the better, except when you feel like crap, then that's not so much the case.
0: Are there foods or drinks that you miss the most right now?
3: I miss wine, of course. Like we got some marketing feedback and I was like, oh, I could use a glass of wine right now. (laughs) And I couldn't have it. But otherwise, I don't really miss anything. I had like really strong smell aversions for my first trimester where I would smell something and I could not... Like, going into a grocery store and smelling different foods made me so sick. But Uh that's better now, for sure.
0: Have you tried any of the non-alcoholic wines?
3: I have. And the non-alcoholic wines are awful. But actually, during immersion, I learned about some non-alcoholic beers that are really solid. So I got to go to the Mountaineering Club and actually feel like I was participating with some fun Heineken Zero Zero.
0: I love those Heineken Zero Zeros. I, th- I think they're fantastic for non alcoholic brews.
3: I know. You're the one who introduced <laughs> me to
2: it, And I, I, I really thank you.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome.
2: I mean, Ben, it sounds like they should be sponsoring this podcast. Yeah.
0: That would be wonderful. I, I could drink non alcoholic Heineken all day. <laughs> Is Heineken German?
4: Maybe they're our German listener. Somebody oh who, that would be a good connection we could build up our someone German representing database. Heineken they are <laughs> the ones listening in Germany yeah so if you're listening in
2: Germany please reach out to Heineken I'm trying to get
4: this
0: <laughs> so you had, you just mentioned also dealing with the job change right Alex in January
3: yeah so I have a background of marketing and I was working at a, a large big law law firm doing kind of dNI programming business development. Strategy work. It was somewhat of a hodgepodge, and I jumped over to T-Mobile, and I'm working on the Sprint integration right now. So it was a change of industries and role, which was a lot, but it's fun, and I get to use what I'm doing in my MBA all the time now. It, It was a good change, and it was something that I went into the program knowing I wanted to do. So it it all worked out. It took a lot of work, and it took a lot of pinging Adele in and career services and Susie, who's just like my rock star. And it finally happened thanks to LinkedIn optimization. What they said was true.
0: (laughs) And your new job title is senior product manager, right?
3: Yeah. It's a weird role where it's some product and some strategy. And I sit in the marketing org, but yeah, it's technically a product title.
0: So I've gotten the feeling in our program. Specifically, that product management is kind of the hip career that they keep pushing. Is it everything you had hoped it, uh, or dreamed of?
3: It, it's what I was looking for when I was changing. And it's ideal for me because I get to use my marketing skills and expertise and knowledge, but I also get to stretch myself in a new way and think differently, which has been really, really nice. I kind of go into work knowing that I'm going to be challenged. And now I'm taking on some analytics work. I've gotten involved in a ton of different projects and it's fun and it's fast moving and it's strategic. And it's, it's really what I was hoping would come out of this move. And I have been really happy with it.
0: That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Julia, it sounds like you've also had your fair share of career changes through the program. Can can you talk about
2: that? (laughs) Yeah, it's been a couple of them. So, uh, when I started the program, I was working at DirecTV, and I was doing um, product marketing. And then uh, over the summer, I made the big kind of leap of faith to the House of Mouse, where uh, I joined Disney as a strategy and business ops intern, um, which was a, a new, a whole new world for me, if you will. Um, and also just, a dream company of mine for a very, very long time and and of many people I know. Um, And so that was amazing. But since it was an internship, uh, I I had an end date. And so now I am at Amazon working on their Fire TV product. And I'm technically, my role is a senior program manager but I feel like program manager, kind of similar to product manager can mean a lot of different things at a lot of different places. So um, it's a bit of marketing and a bit of strategy and a bit of just kind of project management too, all Mm -hmm. rolled up.
0: So when did you make that switch over? Um, I I imagine that your internship was a a summer thing and then Amazon after?
2: It was. um, It was very nice, actually. My team really liked me. And so they extended me through the fall. Uh, So I ended at Disney, I think, December I think it was actually on the thirty first, um, and then I started at Amazon the first week of February, which was really nice because those first couple weeks of winter quarter, when we had all the electives, I could just focus on school, um, which was fantastic.
0: Yeah, definitely that that makes total sense. I imagine there are a couple folks in the classes that are Disney diehards. Um, one of them on the
2: podcast
0: yeah (laughs) self-professed tony
4: that's what happens when you have three daughters and are still a child at heart so yes absolutely love disney and it was disheartening to hear that you didn't that disney didn't give you a a a suitable offer to keep you keep you with them that's frustrating it was frustrating for me to hear but it, someday it we works. can work the, we can work the corndog stand someday or something.
2: There you go. That's putting Together, the MBA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was certainly disheartening. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it was just a matter of time. I found, and I'm sure everybody's found this, different companies value being in progress for an MBA versus having an MBA. And I think Disney is kind of in the latter camp where uh, applying after graduation with the actual degree will get you into a higher tier than mm. even when you say, I'm in this program, I'm graduating in six months.
4: Interesting. That's yeah. kind of
0: ridiculous.
2: <laughs> it, it is a little. It's um, I, I really, I love the work that Disney does. Uh, the company itself is still run very traditionally, which I think kind of bites them when they're competing in the streaming space and trying to get the same talent that, you know, Netflix is attracting. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting, it'll be interesting to see how they change in the next couple of years. Plus, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been following, there was a whole controversy in Florida. Um, so that, that is ever evolving as well. It's just an interesting nexus.
0: Yeah. I, I think from what I've heard about it and I'm obviously no expert, they have their own, um, like they could govern themselves apparently which yep. is that's kind of crazy right that,
4: <laughs> how's that possible the
2: Vatican is probably the easiest way to think about it that it's it's within Florida but it's kind of a separate <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's like what was it what was it we had in Seattle chaz or oh, yes. <laughs> it's own,
2: it's chop oh yeah it's
4: own it's its yeah yep. it's its own republic
2: its own little little world
4: <laughs> are you Are you both uh,
0: still working remote or are you in the office now?
3: I'm going in a few days a week. So I usually go in Tuesday through Thursday and then I work from home Monday and Friday. But it's been really valuable for me to be able to go in and learn from the people I'm working with. I sit right next to the director on my project. So I learn a lot from him, but it's really flexible. I like this post-COVID era that... If I need to work for from home for something, there's no question, there's no explanation. It's kind of a do what you need and get your job
2: done. Yeah, I'm I'm in a, a somewhat similar boat. Um, Amazon right now, every group is kind of doing their own thing. So uh, just for the past few weeks, we've been going in, my particular group has been going in one day a week. Um, and so I'll go in that one day and then I'm remote the other four, but it's all very flexible. It's all still very much up in the air. So who's to say, but it it is nice to have a taste of that office life again after two years.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I was also on a flex schedule and as a huge proponent of remote work, I was actually surprised at how okay I was with going back to the office. I had been very resistant when they announced it and i was like no i definitely do not want to go back to the office but after getting back into the rhythm it was like okay at least it's a change it kind of makes the week go by a little faster
3: i would hate it every day the time i save not commuting and being in school right now i'm like oh it's an hour and a half sometimes of time i get back in my day some extra sleep in the morning i really value that so It'll be interesting how this shakes out and companies find their balance.
4: The army never went remote, so I've been in the office the whole time. Wow! I don't know what a I don't know what a remote army would look like. Although I Isn't think I would what like it. The Navy is, yeah, that's what the Air Force <laughs> and Navy, <laughs> are. or the Air Force, yeah. Uh, although I think I would like it because I don't really care for people in the army. My personality and people in the army, for the most part, don't mesh well. So yeah, looking forward to getting out and not being around army people.
0: I'm I'm hoping that you are able to find an awesome remote position just so that you can take advantage of what pretty much everybody else has had for the last two years.
4: That's what I want. I've decided like pretty solidly that I want a remote job so that uh, I can be at home more with, with my three little girls. So yeah. hopefully I can find something that somebody that wants to employ me in the, in the near future.
3: (laughs) You'll find it for sure. No doubt.
0: So Alex, you had mentioned uh, when we were talking previously that you are signed up to be the chair of the big gala for the Seattle animal shelter. Is that right?
3: Yeah. So I am on the board of the Seattle animal shelter foundation. And I, at the beginning of the year moved from a governance role to chairing our big gala in October, which is pretty close to my due date, so it'll be fun to see how all of that works. But yeah, that's kept me on my toes as well and has been pretty fun. I have experience event planning just in the marketing stuff I've done. And when I moved over to T-Mobile, it seemed like I had the mental bandwidth to do some some event coordination for fun. And it's been great. And I have a a great team working with me on it, but that's also been (laughs) a new project for the quarter. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you sound so much busier than me, so I'm, I'm very impressed with how you've been able to manage everything.
3: <laughs> Sometimes not well, but I do my best.
0: <laughs> What's the big gala like?
3: I actually have never gone because I started volunteering with the animal shelter right before COVID. And then, of course, it was virtual, and then it was canceled, and we did a big day of service instead So it's at the Nordic Museum. We're expecting between 250 and 400 people. We have some really amazing items that we're going to auction off, including a trip to Alaska where you stay in a clear igloo and you watch the Northern Lights.
0: That sounds awesome.
3: Yeah. My co-chair is Tracy Taylor, who's like a well-known radio personality here in Seattle. And she's the guru at Getting amazing stuff for our auction so it should be a really fun time and it's it's kind of fun to like switch my school and work brain to something that's just entirely different every once in a while
2: and Alex if we want to attend this gala can we get tickets they are not live
3: yet but you can go to Seattle Animal Shelter Foundation.org and then you can see when tickets go live there and fun fact, our digital marketing team right now is working on a, a big project with the foundation, which has been really fun and kind of a weird like cross section
4: of my worlds
3: coming together.
4: But uh, Do you have, have you rescued some animals before or just. Yeah. We have
3: two rescue dogs from New Mexico, Bella and Sophie who are just the best and then. Before COVID, I was living in Ballard and I, my poor husband, I made him volunteer too, but we would go and walk dogs every weekend. And it was just a nice way to like get outside and meet new people. And that shut down during COVID. And my my very patient husband, I signed up to foster critters because that was something our dogs were okay with. So we've had rabbits and chinchillas and lizards We just had a turtle go to another rescue that we've had for six months in our house. And I knew I wanted to do board fellows as a part of this program. when I was researching all of the things that we could do. And then I found out about the foundation, that they were looking for board members. And last year I was like, well, I was going to dedicate this time anyway. And I care about this organization already. So I sent in an application and... Now I'm on year two of being on that board and it's been fantastic.
0: Of all the different critters that you've fostered, what has been your favorite? It sounds like you're a big dog person. So what has been your favorite outside of dogs?
3: (laughs) Yeah. The first rabbit we had, I had no experience with rabbits and she had a really sweet personality, which I did not expect. So some of the rabbits have been a blast and the chinchillas are a blast and really fun they're really dirty though so if you're going to commit to chinchillas you know you're going to have to clean up some chinchilla dust all the time
0: Mm.
3: and we have adopted parents like send us pictures after it's been a really fun thing
0: my partner molly started or signed up to uh foster some animals from a local uh shelter and so i think it's been about two or three months now, we had our first foster cat and we're, we're big cat people. Um, and we only had that foster cat for five days, but I I don't know if I could do it because it was, it was really hard to give her up, first of all. Like giving her back to the shelter was very stressful, but we had a friend who had been looking for a cat and he ended up uh, adopting her. So oh. that that made it feel a lot better. Like, okay, we we at least are keeping in touch with the cat because otherwise I was like, We don't have space for a third cat, but I really want to keep this third cat, even though she doesn't get along. Well, none of our cats really get along, but she didn't get along with the other other two cats. So
3: (laughs) I was worried about that too. And we've come really close a few times to adopting the animals we have, but at least with the animal shelter here, we're part of the screening process. So we talk to the potential adopted family at least once and make sure that they they know what they're getting into and they have the setup and they know about the animal's personality. So that has always made me feel better knowing that the is going to go to a good home.
2: Yeah. I think it would be hard for
3: me if it was just like blind faith and I wasn't involved in the process.
2: Fostering, fostering is really hard. I, um, I back in New York pre-COVID, I volunteered with a group called Muddy Paws Rescue that uh, was a dog rescue organization. And I wanted to foster, but I knew I would just fall in love with every dog that entered my home. Uh, and so instead, I, I wound up helping project manage for them. They were rolling out a new um, adoption tracking software that they were kind of, they had a developer who was volunteering his time and a couple, you know, QA people. And so I was coordinating between all of them and making sure that their software rolled out which was really nice. It's great to do things that you know how to do for a cause that you really believe in.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And we're in Seattle, which is like such a dog-friendly, amazing Dog heaven. Place. Yeah, it's dog heaven. And you go in the shelter and there are volunteers walking the dogs three times a day. There are maybe like 30 dogs in the shelter total, beautiful cat rooms, like it is the writs of animal shelters. So you go in and you feel okay, that all of the dogs are you know, doing okay and they're all going to go to good homes.
0: Something we learned when we got our second cat was that we adopted her from the Seattle Humane Society, I think. Mm-hmm. And I guess Seattle gets a lot of cats from Hawaii um, because our, our second cat is from Hawaii, which was an interesting thing. But I guess- they have tons of cats in Hawaii, and they can't adopt them all out, so they fly them over here to adopt them. Lucky so for us.
3: interesting. Yeah, I know Seattle Humane flies up dogs from Texas a lot too.
0: I've heard that too. Yeah, that's that's also very interesting. I'm I'm surprised that flying them to other places is the better option.
2: Even in New York, we would take dogs from Texas, or uh, my rescue dog came from Georgia originally, and we adopted him in New York.
0: Are there a lot of just stray dogs that end up in Texas, is that? Yeah,
2: they're, they're not great about spaying and neutering, mm. so. Okay. Yeah,
0: our she two dogs are from New
3: Mexico, but we lived in New Mexico, but the shelter was your typical, like, hundreds of dogs. It, it was it was very different than it is
0: here. Julia, you mentioned New York. I almost remember that you, weren't you still in New York at the start of this program?
2: I was in New York when I was interviewing for the program and I had mm. just moved to Seattle when we started. I moved end of June, 2020. So I, I was brand new to the city. Actually doing this program has been great because it's a great way to meet people in Seattle through <laughs> COVID times. Um, but yeah, I was still very, very much new and I, I still feel very new to Seattle because most of the time I've been here, it hasn't really been itself, it feels like only recently is it really the Seattle people have talked about.
4: Where in New York were you?
2: Uh, I was in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was actually born and raised in Manhattan. Okay. There are not a ton of us, but we do exist. What neighborhood? Uh, It depends. If I want to sound fancy, I say Columbus. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then if I want to have street cred, I say Hell's Kitchen. But it's it's the same general vicinity.
4: Yeah. I got to spend a good amount of time in New York City uh, when I was in college, my undergrad, because it was like the only thing to do. That's awesome. Escape.
2: Wait, Tony, where'd you
4: go? I went to West Point. So oh. we were, I was just like right up to Hudson.
2: Yeah. About it's- an hour train ride into the city. We, uh, my husband and I got married very close to West Point, actually.
4: Oh, okay. Where at?
2: Uh, Garrison.
4: Yeah. Okay. That's right yeah. across the water. I yeah. don't know exactly. That's the train station that, you, that we take to, to and from. <laughs>
2: yeah it was
4: yeah it pretty is pretty up there the fall.
2: it was it's so beautiful up there in the fall. yeah
4: it is it is it is pretty up there in the fall it really is all the trees changing colors mm-hmm. the winters though are just frigid Same in the city it's so cold
2: well it's i don't miss that because in the city it does get really cold the thing that kills you is the wind chill Because the way the buildings are, if you turn the wrong corner, you just get hit with this gust.
4: Yeah, I remember that, like just the wind coming off the Hudson River is just terrible.
2: It's really cold. But then right after, so I went to college in New York as well. And then right after college, I moved for my first job to Madison, Wisconsin. And I realized I didn't know what cold was (laughs) (laughs) until I got there. I still remember the first day I looked at my cell phone for the weather and it was a negative number and I had never seen that before. And it was just such a shocking moment for me. Uh, but now I'm getting very so- spoiled by our Seattle winters. They're very, very mild.
0: I grew yeah. up in upstate New York and I'm ashamed about my n- lack of knowledge of New York City.
2: <laughs> Wait, we're upstate. Rochester. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So pretty far upstate. I always say to people who aren't familiar with New York that we were always closer to Toronto than New York City. So I've been, Toronto was like a three-hour drive away and New York City was probably six hours. So I've Mm -hmm. been to Toronto way more than I've been to New York City.
2: Yeah, people forget that New York basically goes all the way up to Canada.
0: And there's a ton of farmland in New York. That was what surprised people
4: the most during undergrad that who weren't aware.
2: I didn't know that. I just learned
3: it.
4: Wait, and Alex... Alex, where are you from originally? Because you're not a Seattleite either, right? I am
3: not. I'm originally from New Mexico. I did my undergrad in New Orleans and I've I've lived a bunch of places. So
4: So, so where in New Mexico? Albuquerque? I, Santa mm-hmm. Fe? I'm
3: okay. from Albuquerque.
4: What's the, the, what's the other one that I know? Los Alamos?
3: Oh yes. yeah, hey, yeah.
4: Had a That's soldier funny. from Los Alamos. Yeah,
3: New Mexico's then, big military.
4: Roswell I mean who can forget Roswell
3: <laughs> yes my husband is from a little town really close to Roswell
4: But isn't there I've driven through New Mexico a few times too don't they have isn't there a town there called Earth
3: I've never heard of it but it sounds like it's very possible
4: oh yeah kind of a quirky little town in New Mexico I think it's called Earth New Mexico and that's they have like of course just it's a tourist trap along the 10 I want to say I don't know Yeah. But none of us, none of us are from Seattle, but we all wound up here. I'm from Utah originally. So, and then have lived outside of Utah longer than I've lived in Utah now at this point. Wow. So. Tony, are
2: you from around Salt
4: Lake or elsewhere? Yeah. Originally, yeah. From South Salt Lake County, a city called Draper. Um, But I've lived in New York, New Jersey, Brazil for a couple of years, Georgia for a couple of years, and now Washington for almost 10. Wow. Yeah. Good old
2: corners between us. Yeah.
4: I guess, Alex,
0: you've probably come from the nicest weather. So do you think Seattle weather is bad compared to where you've come from?
3: The winters, now they don't get to me the first few years. I was like, what the heck is this? And then sometimes when I go home for the holidays, I'm like blinded by the sun, I feel like a little cave person. But yeah, but the summers in Seattle are amazing. Even the last few weekends that have been really sunny, I now have an appreciation for that, that I wouldn't have had before.
0: It's definitely a well-kept secret, in my opinion. When I first got here, um, people always complained about the, the Seattle winters, of course. And I have a theory that it's because there are so many transplants from places like California that mm-hmm. the Seattle winter seems rough. Um, but the first couple of winters, even when we had, I think, so I moved here in fall 2018. And I think our first winter here, there was um, a couple snowstorms. It, it was like a surprising snow event. Um, and it still wasn't nearly, I, I went to school in Boston. And so snow in upstate New York, snow in Boston, no big deal uh, compared to here or the snow here compared to there, except that Seattle doesn't really have the infrastructure to deal with it. And I find that the, the people who either grow up here or move here don't necessarily know how to deal with it either, because I have a very distinct memory of one day working from home because I couldn't, I couldn't drive out of my neighborhood because the the snow and hills, but, uh, I had a little, um, portable shovel that I kept in my car for obviously it's something you do in new England um and I had shoveled like my walkway and my steps and my neighbor knocked on my door and was like oh do you have a shovel like can we borrow your Mm -hmm. shovel and I was like it's like a a tiny little shovel uh and I was like yeah sure go ahead and I lent them my shovel and then I went back inside and I don't know what made me look out the window to see what they were up to um but one person in the uh, there was a couple out there uh one was shoveling with my shovel. The other had their hose on and was hose, trying to hose the snow into the oh. drain. And I was like, thinking back to upstate New York, that's how you would get like kids who want to sled on ice. That's how you make ice on top of the snow. Uh, so just using the hose to try to push snow down the drain <laughs> seemed like a horrible idea.
3: It sounds like Seattle though.
4: <laughs> it was a very Good. Seattle moment. I, I was yeah. very like, yeah, this is Seattle. Good way to burst a pipe and <laughs> flood under your house and your crawl
0: space. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I told everybody from back home, like, I just saw my neighbor try to push snow down, down the, the drain with her hose.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's so about the infrastructure more than the amount of snow. I remember one of my best friends in college, I went in New York and uh, he was from North Carolina originally. And he told me once that they got a half an inch of snow and his mom was a nurse and she was called into the hospital as an emergency. They called all emergency personnel because of this half inch of snow. And they were anticipating like mass traffic accidents and everything from it. And in New York, you just you don't bat an eye at half an inch of snow, it, it's just gone.
4: Yeah, when I was stationed in Georgia, southern Georgia that if there was just a dusting or it was going to be icy everything shut down mm-hmm. and people would go to the supermarket and do it like make a run on the supermarket for toilet paper and everything else so it is funny down south like it just doesn't make sense to have snow plows on standby and mm-hmm. so
2: meanwhile like when I was living in Madison I was flying a lot for work and they would like never cancel flights. It didn't matter how much it was snowing. They they would get that plane off the yeah. off
4: the tarmac. So I never had a snow day in Utah growing up either. Like mm-hmm. I hear about people having snow days like oh school's canceled. And, like it happens here too. Like never once did we have a snow day. It was just all right. Get on the bus, go to school.
0: We would have to have I think more than a foot of snow overnight to cancel. Um, school and it would only be for a day. And I, I remember um, there was one week where it was really, really cold, uh, negative temperatures, negative wind chill. And the only reason they canceled school was because the fuel in the buses froze. And I think they canceled school one or two, I think it was two days in a row. And then the third day, they're like, oh, we put an additive in the fuel. Kids can get on the, the bus. Everybody's going back to school. And we were so disappointed.
2: they it it was a slightly lower threshold for New York City but like light snow definitely wasn't going to do it and then there was a whole other thing that I was only vaguely aware of as a kid where the teachers union they couldn't have too many snow days because then they had to push out how many days of like the last day of school and the unions would get paid overtime and so it was like always this balancing act for the city government (laughs) to try to decide if it was enough snow to like take that risk. Alex, you're probably like, snow days, what? (laughs) Albuquerque did get snow. We had snow days. Really? The most exciting
3: thing, if you had a delay or a snow day. Yeah, New Mexico has pretty amazing skiing, surprisingly. Because it's an
4: altitude, right? hmm? New Mexico, the part, because I remember hearing that too, like there's some parts in Arizona where, because of the altitude, you do get a surprising amount of snow.
3: Yeah, like Taos has great skiing, Santa Fe is decent, Albuquerque gets. I feel like we got more snow when I was a kid, and now it's less common. But we would get some storms that were great, but then it also would completely melt a few days later, which was also fantastic.
0: That's kind of the best part. I feel like if you you get enough of snow, enough snow to get your fix, and then it's all gone.
3: Yeah, yeah. New Mexico has like no serious weather. And then I went to college in New Orleans and did not realize that I had to think about like hurricanes and natural disasters. So I did not do my research in New Mexico did not prepare me for that.
4: <laughs> when you say hurricanes, you're talking about like on Bourbon Street, right? <laughs> a a yes. hurricane to drink, yeah. Okay.
3: Yes, I've definitely Just wanted
4: to, to, to make sure.
3: All hurricanes.
4: All the hurricanes to drink on Bourbon Street. Okay. Yes.
0: Are either of you watching or reading anything that you'd love to discuss right
4: now? Yeah, Julia, you mentioned that you're big into entertainment. So we're looking at you on yeah. this one. I
2: mean, I'm always watching something.
0: You
4: watching um, anything on Netflix at 1.75 speed?
2: <laughs> I I can't do it. the only thing I watch at 1.75 speed is my foster videos. <laughs> <laughs> um I well, what am I watching these days? I have to, okay, so Amazon is not paying me to say this, but I have to plug The Boys if you haven't seen it. There are two seasons out right now. It's fantastic. The third season is coming in early June. I'm really excited about that. Can you Um, give
0: us a brief synopsis for those who don't know what The Boys is?
2: Yeah, it's, so The Boys is basically, what if there were really superheroes and they would likely be psychopaths? and kind of power crazy. And there would be a huge Mm. industry built around them. Um, And I will say for anyone squeamish, this may not be the best show for you. There is a fair amount of gore, but um, it's really darkly funny and and surprisingly insightful. Um, So I really recommend that. Uh, On the lighter side, I have to say I've been really enjoying Abbott Elementary. Oh Um, yeah which is a new ABC uh, workplace comedy. It's, it's sort of like if The Office were set in um, an elementary school in a poor neighborhood in Philadelphia.
3: I also think the showrunner is fascinating
2: that she came from Buzzfeed. Yeah, she's amazing. And she plays the lead character. Um, yeah, and Based off her mom, I think. Mm-hmm. So like she's writing what she knows. Uh, she was also on the Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO and she was great on that. So um, that's, it's a really good one. It's had a really strong first season and it's gonna keep going.
4: Say the title again, Abbott Elementary? Abbott
2: Elementary and okay. you can get it on Hulu. Okay. Um, and then I guess my other kind of sitcom recommendation is from CBS or Paramount Plus, uh, Ghosts is a really cute sitcom uh, it's about this couple who actually Tony up in the West Point neck of the woods they're up uh, in northernish
4: New- North, I mean, like Newburg or something
2: something like that they're they're definitely in the Hudson Valley uh, okay. and she inherits this like estate from her family that she was she didn't really know about um, and the estate is haunted by these ghosts but they're very silly. <laughs> Um, and then something happens and suddenly she can see them and no one else can uh, okay. and they go all the way back. there's like a Viking, there's a hippie there's like a early 2000s Wall Street Bro type so it's it's a fun collection of characters and it it scratches that sitcom itch okay I'm sorry I, I could keep going. But... <laughs>
4: no i do. whenever i'm in a show hole now i'll come to you and
2: please do ask
4: for a good like we watch this... a we watch a lot of i don't know tv i don't know if it's by virtue of having kids and being tired and mm-hmm. like, resorting to that as our escape so we often find ourselves looking for a new good tv show to binge
3: not just the <laughs> I have a recommendation for you that you might not have heard of. Yes. We just finished the last season of The Great Pottery Throwdown on
2: HBO. Yes. Have you watched it? I haven't, but I love The Great British Bake Off and I heard it's similar vibes. It has the same vibes, and you're literally
3: watching these fantastic British people throw pottery and do these different ceramic challenges. And it, they are so supportive of each other, and it's just like, They're so happy when they're voted off because they had the experience and the judges cry because they're so touched by the work. It's fantastic. And then I'm a big Star Trek person. So I've like watched The Next Generation a million times but I had never watched Deep Space Nine. So that is my like after study show right now that I'll put on an episode of Deep Space Nine because I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's just soothing. And then bookwise, I just read The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, which is about the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl and these families that went to California during the Depression and what they faced. It's definitely a tearjerker,
2: but it's it was a good read. That's awesome. I sound so unintellectual. I didn't recommend any books.
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard to find time to read while you're in the program, especially if you're working.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I will say um, there are actually a couple of things that I want to plug because I always enjoy talking about this stuff. So uh, books, I finished the book Pachinko um, like two weeks or three weeks ago because they actually released it on Apple TV, like the, the TV series. And so we started watching that and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And apparently as I was reading Pachinko, I realized that I had tried to read it maybe some number of years ago and the first couple chapters, I was like, I feel like I've read this book before. Um, and at, at some point then I got to the point where I'd gotten past where I'd read before and I, I absolutely loved it, uh, loved the show. I thought the show was great. We just finished the first season last night and I think there's only one season out.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I wanted to give Tony the opportunity to talk about this because he, it was either Tony or our teammate Elise who mentioned Severance. Um, have either of you heard of this show because I started severance like two weeks ago and I love this show it's so eerie and creepy and funny
3: nuts I love it (laughs) it's been on my list for a while and then I forget about it and then I think I saw a tiktok about it today and I was like oh I need to start watching that it looks amazing
4: Julia have you finished it
2: no, I'm I'm still oh, okay. only about halfway through. My husband and I are watching it together, so
4: What about you, Ben? Have you finished it? I think we're about halfway through. We just finished episode okay. 5. I I don't know how many episodes there are. Uh when you guys finish it or yeah, just let me know what you think about um about waffle parties. You you want to do you want to give a synopsis of the show, Tony? Yeah, I mean, so basically it's a I don't know a company comes out with some type of cutting edge medical like uh, medical procedure where they um, I don't know if it's like hypnotic or you know some kind of device they 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 implant some device in your brain where basically you go to work and you it turns off your brain any wait that memories. happens to me normally anyway
0: <laughs> Any, right?
4: turns off your brain so you can't access your memories that you have outside of work. So you're just based you have like your at home outside of work personality and then your work personality and they're just almost two different personas um, and then so when you're outside of work you don't remember anything that you do at work and it's called severed and so there's like obviously some you know political, Aspects to it, uh, you know, people that are protesting it and saying that it's morally and ethically wrong. Um, but it's fascinating because you just see the outside of work and inside of work, individuals, and you know they're trying to piece together this mystery of you know what the hell's going on outside of work, and the people outside of work are trying to figure out what what the hell's going on inside of work. And so, would uh, would you sever? Would either of you sever that have watched the show?
2: Ah, um, <laughs> it kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> I, I tend to be a bit of a late adopter to a lot of like tech that I feel is invasive. Like I didn't get an Apple watch for a long time because I didn't want to be like wearing anything or stuff like that. When inevitably you can put a chip in your brain, I will probably be one of the last people to do it.
0: <laughs> I... Yeah. I think I agree with that. I, I like to be an early adopter, especially for tech stuff. But if it comes to some like tech stuff in my body, that's when I, I would be concerned. I, it, it reminds me of, because um, uh, Alex, you mentioned Star Trek, the beaming technology in Star Trek, mm-hmm. I would not trust ever. I am a firm believer, and not not that I'm a huge, I'm not that into Star Trek. I'm a firm believer that when they go into those teleporters, Uh, they're not it's not the same person that comes out so I would not trust that technology in a million years
2: you're talking about a Star Trek the prestige crossover
4: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I would be the one that would go into it and it would go wrong like it would work properly for everyone else because no matter what I do like in our house if I touch the TV it stops working or my computer or phone or I was like, hey, will you come fix this for me? So the minute I stepped to get beamed up by Scotty, it would stop working and I'd be stuck yeah. somewhere.
2: I mean, there are some horrifying episodes of Star Trek where things go wrong in the transporter. And it's, it's really like disturbing when
3: you think yeah. about it. And when you're talking about technology, I think of the Borg. Mm. Bad, big no. Yeah. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So all that to say, I would not get severed, there, there are interesting moral implications um, in the show that they bring up and, and just the, how hidden the, the outside personality is from the inside personality and how they, they kind of don't know about each other. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's just an interesting to think about. So yeah, it very creepy, very eerie, but somehow I love it. Yeah,
2: no, it's a fascinating Time, I feel like there's a lot of dissection of workplace culture, especially recently in TV. Um, that you know, Severance is obviously doing really, really well. Uh, to some degree, I'd say The Boys does it. Uh, it it's it's just a, a reevaluation of how we look at our own relationships with work and the workplace, and I think covid had a lot to do with that honestly
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely well thank you both for joining us
4: tonight this is so much fun
2: (laughs) thank you yeah anytime you talk tv i'm happy to
4: (laughs) this is the first time we've ever hosted sworn enemies an arch nemesis yes Uh, for those of you that don't know julia and alex they're sworn enemies so that's why we wanted them on here see if we could Barry the Hatchet. No, I'm just kidding. They're really good friends. This was fun though. Thank you for being on.
3: Yeah, this was great. I love an excuse on a Sunday as well to turn away from Capstone and the marketplace oh. and all of our deliverables. So thank you for the very lovely distraction.
0: Well, on that note, good luck with the rest of the quarter. I hope that Capstone is going, unless you're in industry two, I hope that Capstone is going well for you. And if you are in industry two, then you're going down.
3: I am in industry too, so the game is on. Okay. Oh no, conflict.
0: All right. Well, I'm
3: stepping maybe out. I'm in industry it's one. Great. Actually, I take that back. I might be wrong.
0: I was about to cut your entire section out of the podcast.
2: <laughs> we had wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you again. This is a lot of fun. I hope to see you. Well, we will see each other in four weeks, five okay. weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: Second. Yeah. End of end of quarter immersion where we'll all be freaking out for presentations and then done.
3: I'm looking forward to it. I'm just excited to see everyone for one more weekend where we have a lot of free time to hang out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: It's wild to think this is basically our last month.
0: It's sad. Uh, not the work, but the, the actually being able to see everyone. I feel like I've gotten so little time with everybody. That's fair. That is sad. I'm not sad about school ending no definitely not
3: (laughs) i'm excited to have free time again have weekends back that's going to be lovely but i will miss
2: everyone
0: for sure well we can all hang out after because we all we all live in the area
2: and there's no excuse not to because we all have a lot more time so
0: that's true there you go all right well on that note have a good night you too Thank you to Julia and Alex for joining us on the show tonight, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Prosper the Connection.